Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, welcome everybody. A new week of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob Getty Kelly Center. We're in the Southern Bank Course studio here in rainy Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We're glad you're with us. Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun-Herald will be joining us shortly. We're also going to be talking a little NFL football second half of the show. It's Black Monday. Already two coaches gone and... uh, Rumors circulating about three well-known coaches in the NFL as well. Uh, first, however, we want to talk about basketball and remind you about Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great supporters of our show and a great place to take your family for dinner tonight. Of course, a great place to cater your next event. Mixed bag over the weekend. The women lose on the road 68-62 to Old Dominion. Really hard-fought game. A one-point game with just a couple of minutes left, but uh the Monarchs pull away late, win the game 68-62. The men, on the other hand, in Hattiesburg with a big win over 19th-ranked James Madison, 81-71 victory. Going to get to an interview here in just a second with uh, one of the leaders of the team, Austin uh, Crowley. But, uh, but Kelly, obviously an important win for the basketball team and uh, – should have a, a lot of positive mojo, I would think. For sure, Bob. And one of the things Mark Byington, the, the head coach at James Madison, said, and, and he wasn't even asked this. He offered it on his own, which I think our, our listeners really need to hear. He said, man, this is the first time that I ever, as a coach, have had to play in Hattiesburg and at this facility. And he said, man, it's this is a rough place to play. He said this crowd was raucous, uh, you know, got their team into it. And he said, we just we – just, not to take anything away from Southern Miss, but his Monarchs just could not get in the groove and said the fans were all over him and his players from, from the get-go. And it was a, even though they lost the game, he said that's, that's what fans are supposed to do. said it was yeah. made Reed Green very tough to play in. Helter Skelter is what I read uh, at lunch that he called the place. Well, Crowley had a, another good game after a slow start to the year. Kelly talked to him earlier this morning about the big win. Here's what he had to say. We welcome Austin Crowley, or AC, I guess, onto the the Eagle Hour today. Now, Austin, I'm going to ask you just some questions that the general public would ask. Okay, how can we look so bad at Georgia Southern and so good against JMU? Um, sometimes I think teams go through rough patches. Uh, I think last year um, we started out pretty well. I think we went nine and one our first, and then eight and two in our second half of our season. Because we break them down in 10, 10, 10s, and I just feel like we just hit a, a little rough patch. You know, that's it's basketball. It's ups and downs. Sometimes teams make shots. I think that was the best that team ever shot. 
that whole season. So um, I felt like we just hit a little rough patch. And now that we got everybody together, got everybody on page, I feel like it's going to be a lot better now. You know, we can see our offense moving better. Our defense uh, presence is a lot better, you know, with our long athletic guards. Um, so it's just ups and downs. It's just something you got to go through. The game Saturday raises the bar for you guys quite a bit now because now everybody's going to say this Southern Miss team is capable of literally beating anybody in the league. Mm-hmm. To that, you say what? Um, we've always felt like that. I think we never lost confidence of who we are. Um, it's just like like I said, sometimes it's ups and downs, you know. And um, well, I, I, we always kept confidence in our team because Landon always says we're the best team, and no matter what, that conference championship has to come through Southern Miss, and uh, we know that, and we're prepared for that. So uh, just while. Allowing our team to have that confidence in, our, in us uh, because I have the confidence in them and I have that confidence in myself that we can be the best team in the, uh, in the conference. But, you know, we can win it any time. We just had to be able to get it together, and I feel like we got it together going out, and we're going pretty good right now. We talked about uh, chemistry. You guys have talked about chemistry, you know, kind of pre-conference, getting the chemistry. Well, now Corbello's in the mix, which adds a, a new ingredient. Mm-hmm. Um that uh, that changes up the chemistry a little bit, I would think. Um, yes, it can. When you always add someone, it always can uh, affect the chemistry. But uh, Bellow's one of those guys. He's a he's a, a very he's a very a guy that you can. He's a plug-in guy. You know, he's a very athletic. Knows how to get everybody going. Knows how to get his own shot. He's one of those plug-in guys that you very much need on your team. And um, for us to just plug him in, um, everyone. Everyone knew that it was going to be a setback for us in the beginning. Everyone knew that. It's just what it is. But um, allowing him to come into himself, allowing him to just be able to run our team and play that uh, point guard role with getting everybody involved has been great. And now that we got him going, uh, I felt like I don't think he's going to stop us. Man, I got to tell you, the fingernails are looking fly. Come on, man. Uh, I'm, going, I'm, finna, I'm going to get them done uh, this week, man. We got the gloss they're on? Getting, they're getting a little too long right now. See, I keep, I keep the clear coat because when I was uh, – like a freshman and sophomore, I used to always break my nails, so I'll put the clear coat just to, you know, strengthen my nail right now. But I need them done right now. I need them done. Hey, any nail shop need an NIL deal, I'm here for you now. <laughs> we might, I, might, I might be able to swing that myself. Yeah, I need that. Okay, let's talk about the Warhawks now. You guys got uh, Monroe coming up Thursday. Um, they're off to a slow start. But that always scares me because they're at home. You guys will be on the road. So what uh, – Tell us about how problematic the Warhawks could be and some things you guys uh, have got to do to win that one. Um, I think we just have to lock in and be ourselves. Um, I feel like the only time that we uh, may have a problem is just when we're overthinking. We just try to do too much. Um, as long as we stay into who we are and we believe in who we are and we're confident in who we are, we're making our shots and we're playing our good defense, um, I don't think anyone in the coverage can beat us. They have a really good team, really good, talented team. They're off to a slow start, but uh, you know how it is in the beginning of conference play. Sometimes you're going to win some, sometimes you're going to lose some. Um, but I feel like the first half is just it's a random sometimes, you know, with a lot of teams. And then once you settle in, everyone settles in and gets to know the, their roles really good. I feel like that's when, you know, the real conference play really starts. So we're going into that point right now. They're probably going to come out fired up to play at home, but we're fired up as well just of what we've done, our confidence level. So it's going to be a really good game. And, you know, I feel like, uh, with our confidence that we have, I, don't, I think we're rolling right now, so I'm not worried. Mentally and emotionally, what did the game, what did the JMU win? Because that wasn't just a win; that was an undefeated team, mm-hmm. top twenty team. I mean, that's that's got to have you guys sky high right now. Um, 
before the game, we always we talked and we was like, man, if we win this game, it's just another game to us because we felt like we're just that type of team. We're that caliber team of beating anyone. And um, that was a great win, though. All heads off to them. They're a really good team. Um, I think we played very well. Um, but I think our confidence level is right. Our, our level right now is not trying to get too high, not trying to get too low. You know, we just want to stay steady and stay, keep working, stacking days, keep stacking days. Uh, that's the only way we're going to, you know, get this thing going for the future and going into, you know, postseason. So just trying to stack days. Don't want to get too high because when you get too high on yourself, then things can happen. So, you know, we're just trying to stay level-headed and keep going. All right, let, let's talk about you specifically. Uh, how would you describe your start to the season? And how would you describe what you'd like to have happen the second half of the season for you individually? Um, I feel like my start, I, I didn't start as well as I wanted to, but, and man, it's basketball. Uh, never, not every shot's going to go in. Um, a, a lot of a lot of my teammates uh, have the confidence in me, and they always wanted me to keep going, keep going, keep going. So um, to have the good games I had and to have the, the – um, bad games I have, you know, it's it's all basketball, it's all good, loving, fun, and I'm just happy I'll be able to play this game for these teammates that I have, so um, and to go into the second half, I just want to be um, a better leader. I feel like I was a great leader in the first half, even though I wasn't playing as well, um, but I feel like now uh, that leadership role right there for me is perfect. You know, we're going on the road, going winning, and, you know, it's always going to be someone on the team they look at to just lead us, and I think I'm that guy, and I just want to Whatever we have to do to win, that's what I'm taking. If it's scoring 20, if it's scoring 10, getting 10 rebounds, it doesn't matter. Whatever I have to do to win. Austin Crowley, preseason conference player of the year, without a doubt, undisputed best fingernails in the league. Never. Always, always. (laughs) All right, man, continued success. Appreciate you, my man. Thank you. All right, we'll have Scott Watkins on next segment to analyze Sunbelt basketball as the uh, conference season is underway. But obviously, Kelly, an important win for the Golden Eagles. But you got to put that on the shelf and you got to keep winning games but you know one of the things that austin and i talked about this morning bob is is how on this show you know we we kind of challenged him on because he admitted that he didn't really start off this season like he's capable of and and it kind of showed in the overall results and he had him a day saturday did he not mm-hmm. i mean he had he had a great game and he said that that's something that that is going to have to continue and i think something else that we're learning is this georgia southern bunch that was 0 and 13 at the time the eagles went in there are clearly a lot better than that record indicates because they went from 0 and 13 to 2 and and uh, 14 i mean they're they're 2 and 1 in the league right now so mm-hmm. they're a lot better than maybe that record indicated all right, so the Golden Eagles go on the road next, correct? They head to Monroe on Thursday night to take on the Warhawks. Then they will travel to Troy, Alabama, for a Saturday afternoon contest. Of course, anytime the men are on the road, uh, the women are at home. But uh, that Warhawk team scares you a little bit because, like I said, just what, just when, like you think you're going to go into Statesboro and wallop Georgia Southern, you know, a lot of people think they'll go into Monroe and and probably should beat the Warhawks, but. Like Austin said, man, it's it's a funny game how it works. Ladies seem looking for answers. They've lost six straight games after winning the first seven. Again, they lose 68-62 to Old Dominion. They should be back in town this week. We're, I'm going to try to get out and, uh, and talk to some of those players as well to see if we can find out the key to getting that turned around. But next, Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun-Herald going to analyze Sunbelt basketball as the conference season is now officially underway. We'll be right back.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, Genesis of Hattiesburg is the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the finest luxury vehicles on the road today. And coming soon, the all-new Genesis showroom on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. want to thank our friends at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net for their sponsorship of this segment, the place to buy your Southern Miss apparel. You know that, of course. They're open seven days a week on Hardy Street. You can also shop them online at CampusBookmart.net. You can call Campus Bookmart, and Miss Kathleen will uh, take your order over the phone and mail it right to your house. Well, as we mentioned, the men win, the women lose. Uh, the men are just a game above 500, I believe. The women are now 7-6 and six in basketball. Scott Watkins is our go-to guy for Sunbelt Athletics. He is, of course, a sports writer with the Biloxi Sun-Herald. And, uh, Scott, so the Golden Eagles win a really, really big game, knock off the only undefeated team uh, in the league Saturday. But one game is that one game as we – Get underway with conference play right now. From your viewpoint, uh, who are the best basketball teams right now in the Sun Belt? Well, I think I think one of them we've seen at RGC there with uh, with James Madison. They are they're extremely talented, um, and, and then App State is the other team that I, I thought was kind of alone in the second tier. But we're we're seeing Troy get off to a really hot start at conference play as well. So I think that's kind of your top three at the moment. Uh, the league, just like last year. It, this conference has the way a ways to go in basketball. It's going to be a one bid league, one bid league this year and probably for several years to come. Uh, but I think that there's definitely some talent at the top. James Madison, of course, uh, is a team that puts it together on both ends of the court really, really well. App State defends the ball really, really well, so that makes it very difficult when you when you go to play the Mountaineers. I think that's your top two, pretty clear. Uh, but I think that once you get into tournament time. It's going to be pretty wide open in uh, Pensacola, and I got to going to guess you agree that the winner of that tournament uh, in Pensacola will be the only Sun Belt tournament that advances to the NCAA's. Yeah, I, I do not see the Sun Belt getting a second team in, especially not now that we're in a, in conference play. Uh, James Madison is is the only chance if if they get to the Sun Belt championship game and they lose that game. There's a possibility it could be the Dukes that that get a second uh, that get an at-large bid, but um, even that I'm not entirely sure of. Well, provided that the Dukes continue to play that the way they have up to this point, and and I say as a counterpoint to that, Scott, is you know Georgia Southern looked awful. I mean they were 0 and 13 to start the season. They start conference play and they're out of the gate 2 and 1. So I mean, who knows? But part of the, I think to your point about. The reason it's a one-bid league is because when you look at the overall records for just about everybody except JMU, everybody's hovering around the 500 mark. Well, that's not going to impress anybody. No, it, it, it's absolutely not. It's not a deep league. It, there's not a ton of depth. I think once we get into conference play, we'll start seeing some of the uh, more traditional powers kind of take hold a little bit. I think you're going to see Marshall uh, end up in the top half of the league. You might see Texas State up there. You might see South Alabama after their rough start. Uh, but it's just not a deep league this year. So how would you, what do you make of Southern Miss's opening? And, and while you were mentioning teams, and maybe you were just on purpose kind of leaving the Eagles out of the mix, but but how good is Southern Miss and where do they fit into this puzzle at this point? I haven't I haven't mentioned Southern Miss just yet because it's, I, I'm still trying to figure out that piece of the puzzle. I mean, you, you in one week, in, in one week's time, you snap a winless team's uh, losing streak, and then you snap a undefeated team's winning streak. 
And I, I don't know. I've, I've never seen a college basketball team do that in, in such a short period of time. So I'm still trying to figure out this Southern Miss team. Uh, there's positives. There's they're they're moving in the right direction. Of course, you look at the uh, perimeter uh, defensive, uh, the the perimeter shooting defense that they've showed in these last couple of games against Georgia State. Jim, you just night and day from the the previous however many games they've only given up eight made three-point shots and 41 attempts between georgia state and james madison that's extremely impressive that's a huge turnaround if they keep that going southern miss will absolutely be in the mix um but if if not if if they're up and down like they have been uh so far throughout this season then then who knows you know it's interesting because by losing to georgia southern you're almost giving one back to the field at least you thought but again, Georgia Southern's off to a two-on-one start. But on the other side of the coin, by beating James Madison, which very few teams probably will, you're getting that game back from the field. That's reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 for sure. Uh, but well, it's, there's a long way to go. It's a long conference season, and uh, I definitely want to see more Sunbelt on Sunbelt action before I, you know, have a have a hard understanding of of what the tiers kind of look like. All right, let me give you some really good news. Forty-one days from now. I believe I've got it right. 41 days from now, the Golden Eagles opening day of baseball takes place, Scott. So let's look ahead a month, and let's look at Sunbelt baseball. You said the Basketball League had a long way to go. Is this a fair assessment if you were going to rank the sports in their ability to compete nationally within the Sunbelt? It would be baseball, football, basketball? Uh, I would say baseball. If we're going to count you know, the other sports like uh, men's soccer, Men's soccer is very competitive in the Sun Belt. It's, uh, they get a lot of bids in, I think. I had a national champion somewhat recently. Uh, I would say men's soccer and baseball probably at the top, and then football. Uh, but baseball, I expect another good year out of the Sun Belt. I will admit I haven't jumped into it just yet. I plan to in uh, next week. But uh, my early look around shows me Coastal Carolina should be really good, and it shows me uh, that Southern Miss will once again be competing at the top of the conference. Explain this. I saw uh, it was it was just one poll, and I forgive me. I shouldn't bring this up. Uh, I, I forget which poll it was. It wasn't D one. It, it wasn't really one of the one of the major preseason baseball polls. But incredibly, incredibly, Southern Miss was not even in the top twenty five. Now, a team with back to back regional championships, back to back super regional hosts. How do you leave that team out of the top twenty five, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was perfect game that did that. that was perfect game. I don't know. Uh, it's one of those things where you know you have from a very far outsider's perspective, you have you're looking at a team that lost quite a bit that's reshaping a, a good chunk of its lineup and you don't really know and you've got a head coach, a longtime head coach that you're replacing. If you're in the mix, if you're in Hattiesburg, you understand. Now, you know this team is still going to compete. This team still has a ton of talent. They're still slayed. You still got you still got important guys on this team. I think as the rest of the polls come out, you're going to see a lot more uh, conversation around Southern Miss. Uh, but it's just a little early, and I think that we'll give Perfect Game a break. We'll give them a. We'll give them into March. Maybe they'll throw them in the poll. Who knows? Yeah, that's crazy. Can I? Can I put my two cents worth? Well, in I would on? say Go real quickly it. that I'll bet you D one does not leave them out of the poll. I'll, I'll bet not either. But I know you guys are going to both find this hard to believe. But I would suggest that there are that there is politics involved even in these polls. No, no. I mean, you're not kidding. That me, right? that some of these organizations. Perfect game, Under Armour, you know, these people that put on these national showcases. Look, they're human beings running those, and they have relationships 
with different coaches and different organizations right. that are sometimes you know closer than others. So all things being equal, you know, they're it's just no, human nature. No, that's right. Yeah, that they're going to. Well, give. it's really the top fifteen because you've got to put the ten SEC teams in there to begin with. That's right? state law. That's that's the federal, federal law. law. And uh, yeah. <laughs> And speaking of that, uh, some federal laws are going to be broken tonight, uh, Scott. We're going to actually be able to sit at home, enjoy a national championship football game without being told from start to finish by ESPN how the SEC is the best football conference in the country. Oh, they'll find a way. <laughs> It'll be in there. <laughs> Great point. Great point, Scott. Great point. But, Scott, isn't it kind of refreshing to watch a championship game that does not involve an SEC team? It does. I enjoy it. I enjoy it quite immensely. You know, I, I love that each time I see it on Twitter, I think I've seen it from, from Reddit College Football, that uh, between FBS and FCS, uh, all the national championship teams are in the like furthest northern states that they could be, like Michigan, uh, North or South Dakota, Montana, and Washington. I That's love that. Yeah. But, but what the truth is always in the ratings. Right, so while while we might sit there and say that, I dare say that ESPN, you know, or whoever's are they, they're showing the game tonight. I don't even know which network. I'm is, not really sure. Yeah. I'm not. Really well, sure. whatever network is showing the game tonight, let me tell you something. They're nervous, Bob. You've been in television. Yeah. You know they're nervous uh, because because there's not an SEC team. What is that going to mean for our people in the South, where football is still king? Are people in the South going to watch that game? with the numbers like they have in the past when there was a Southern team involved. Well, that's a good point. You could possibly make those numbers up by teams. Uh, you know, my son lived in Oklahoma for a long time. He's a, actually an Oklahoma graduate, and they detest – well, they did detest the SEC. Now, of course, they want to jump in for the money. But, uh, Scott, real quickly, 30 seconds left. There's got to be places in the country where people don't live and breathe the SEC. Yes, uh, there absolutely has to be, and I think it's uh, I think it's everywhere outside of the South. Really, uh, the the SEC is, as you said, <laughs> right. is tested. I mean, it's, it, nobody likes this conference at all. Uh, you go up to like the uh, the Eastern Midwest. I, I think they have a general disdain for the league. I I know a couple Big Ten fans, and they just hate Alabama just because they're always on TV. Right. Right. And so I, well, yeah. we're we're out of time. Real quick prediction: Washington, Michigan. I'm cheering for Washington. I don't really know why, but I want Washington to win. I like Michael Penix. I, I thought last week that was one of the best performances I've ever seen from an individual, what he did, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he does it again. He's really good. There's no question. Scott, thanks a lot, man. Scott Watkins, Biloxi Sun-Herald. It's Black Monday, Kelly. Why? Because the SEC's not playing in the National That's Ch- the reason, yes. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> But it's a good day because the guy that helped spearhead the Redskin name change, both of them, were fired today. Put a smile on my face. We'll be back to talk about NFL's Black Monday and maybe the SEC Black Monday as well. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Donna Country Cleaners is Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaners. They're family owned and operated since 1983. 
and they continue to offer great services like steam pressing, bulky bedding, shirt laundry, minor alterations, and of course dry cleaning. You can visit Town & Country Cleaners at their convenient location across from USM on Hardy Street, or you can call them at 601-264-4920. And let me remind you about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. You can hear it anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can simply tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Well, it is Black Monday, and it's not Black Monday because the SEC is not in the national championship game tonight. That is a reason for celebration, people. It's Black Monday for NFL football coaches uh, because that's when a lot of them get fired. Uh, Arthur Smith from Atlanta already gone. Ron Rivera gone from Washington. Uh, The Tennessee coach said to be possibly fired later today. Uh, Mike Tomlin, believe it or not, there's rumor that he may leave Pittsburgh and find another franchise. We'll see how that happens. And there's rumors that Bill Belichick will leave New England. That's really hard to believe. And what's even harder to believe is I've actually read a couple of stories that said he would be interested in going to Washington. So that prompted us to call Bob Matthews, who covers Washington football, uh, all that's, the time. That's the, the NFL yeah. team, not the Huskies. And so, uh, Bob, why in the hell would Bill Belichick want to go to a dumpster <laughs> fire like the Washington football franchise? For the main reason everybody would, the uh, for the money. He doesn't need <laughs> the money, Bob. He does not. And I, you can I, – I do not have this on uh, first-hand authority, but serious people – that I trust that uh, are very serious about this topic so you really don't have to worry about that. And from what Josh Harris said in his press conference today, I don't think you have to worry about it being Bill Belichick. I will be shocked. Yeah. You know, I've told you this before. I grew up going to Redskin games, and, and the last year that we were there before we moved back to Mississippi, and a lot of people don't know this, but Vince Lombardi – came and coached the Redskins, and hell, he died the next year. So I'm sure that Mm -hmm. Mike Tomlin's aware of that. See what it did to the great Vince Lombardi. Tomlin's not going to fall into that trap, is he? I'm sorry, not Tomlin, but Bill Belichick. I'm sorry, Bill Belichick. I don't think he – no, I do not think he will. And and again, um, from everything that I've heard from from people who – let's just say people who know people, uh, I think it is highly, highly unlikely – that Bill Belichick's even going to get an offer uh, from the commanders. Um, Josh Harris said earlier today uh, in his press conference uh, when he announced that uh, he and Rivera were parting ways, um, he's he's, uh, already got a search committee uh, that's going, and they've already uh, already put in official requests with the league for just about every single solitary hot uh, coaching candidate uh, that you've been hearing about offensive and defensive coordinators. All of them are young. They're innovative um, as well as the same thing for GM candidates. And um, in addition to that, he also um, announced that, uh, you know, he's, he's hired a, uh, a search committee. You know, he's, he's actually hired a couple of consultants, um, Chris Spielman being one of them uh, to, um, you know, to help both him Mitch Rails and Magic Johnson out um, mm-hmm. on the search. Who do you think? Uh, what all coaches would you look uh, to be fired this week? I, you know, I, I think you pretty much you pretty much uh, uh, nailed it. Um, it. You know, it wouldn't be surprising me if, for whatever reason, um, Bill Belichick and and 
Robert Kraft ran it back one more time. Um, although I, I think it also, you know, it, it's, it's, um, you know, if, if the right guy comes available, I'm sure that, uh, the Kraft would, would definitely have to consider it. Um, I, unless they've, you know, they just feel like the bird's been cooked in Tennessee. I think Mike Rabel's a terrific coach. Um, and you know, you've already got, you've already got the, uh, the San Diego and the Carolina job open. So, you know, I've seen it between those four, the commanders is five, uh, Atlanta now is six. Um, be interesting to see if, if, uh, be interesting to see if Matt Eberflus, um, survives in Chicago. I think he will because they had such a great second half. Yeah, they the played year. well late the year. I thought, before I throw it to Kelly, are they going to get rid of yeah. the god-awful name? Uh, no, not anytime soon. In fact, um, my friend Nikki Javala from the Washington Post actually asked him about that in the press conference today. And, and again, he talked about how they have uh, so many more uh, problems to worry about other than the name. No, that that's going to be sticking around for a while. Also, um, Kelly, before before you ask me anything, I wanted to say that uh, I, I shorted uh, Bob Myers, who was the newest uh, organizational hire. He's the guy that he was. He's the former GM of actually the Golden State Warriors and was responsible for putting together all four of their championship teams. Harris has hired him along with Spielman to help the owners out in both you know identifying, interviewing, and then ultimately hiring whoever is going to be in charge of player personnel, and then let that person in charge of player personnel most likely hire the head. Bob Matthews is with us on the Eagle Hour. Bob Matthews is a University of Southern Mississippi, and proud to say so, graduate, Mm -hmm. uh, a a parrot head from day one, and I extended my um, heartfelt condolences. Yes, when uh, when Jimmy Buffett passed away, who himself attended yeah. Southern Miss, although I don't think yeah. he ever graduated Southern Miss. But Bob, oh, was, was yeah. it a, on on Ron Rivera? Could was it was that he just wasn't a good coach, or he just didn't have any players? I mean, who could have coached that team this year? Well, I it's funny. I think that the Rivera legacy is is going to be a huge dichotomy because on one hand. You know, he served the purpose of and did a really good job in bringing some stability and just some legitimacy to an organization that had become a clown show literally for 20 years. Unfortunately, in having uh, the final say on all football personnel, he was an absolutely horrible talent evaluator. And we all hated to say that because he seemed like such a stand-up guy and his players liked him and everything, but... Yeah, you just just look at the offensive line that he inherited versus the one that that he's got right now. When when he got to Washington in 2020, you had an offensive line that included Trent Williams, Brandon Scherf, and Morgan Moses, along with Eric Flowers and Chase Rouillet. Now, two of those guys are out of the league. One of them because of injuries, but Morgan Moses may very well be going to the Super Bowl as the starting right tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. Brandon Scherf. Is with is playing very well for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He just missed out on the playoffs. And Trent Williams has continued his Hall of Fame career in San Francisco, and you know, is is headed to the Hall of Fame. All he ever replaced them with, uh, as far as any long term solutions, was one guy, Sam Cosby, who it took them two years to find out that he was better suited as a right guard than a right tackle. Um, and, and you know, you just you look at his, you look at the roster. 
and if you just go down the roster and look at it, outside of one or two guys, the best players on this roster, regardless of position, were all guys he inherited. Correct. Not to mention that the game yesterday between San Francisco and the Rams, both of which are in the playoffs, were coached mm-hmm. by two head coaches <laughs> that were coordinators in Washington that they ran them off. Very true. Although you can't blame that on Ron. That was that was Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder that ran them off. But yeah, the, the, there are literally five or six guys uh, that are out there as head coaches now, and almost all of them are in the playoffs this year. Right. So if right. Uh, you know, I had Mike McDaniel being among them. Which is not right. And I'm speaking about the franchise in general. And then there's the Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. story, which we won't have time to get into that. But my heavens, how do you let a how do you let an elite quarterback like him leave? It just doesn't make any sense, does it? It doesn't make any sense, but uh, that that you would have to ask one Daniel M. Snyder, who is on his yacht somewhere between the French Riviera and the last time I checked uh, Indonesia. So is that he would right? be the one to answer that question. Bob, oh, yeah. Bob Matthews, any chance that Bob Getty could have any say in uh, how the team progresses? I'm available. Making I'm available, decisions. Bob. I mean, you know, I, I if I were you, I would uh, I'd send a resume up there. You know, who knows? Straight, stranger things have happened. Well, what I'm still counting on is you're going to contact me when when my 1969 framed redskin pennant reaches its maximum potential for sale, right? And all my redskin paraphernalia. I have it saved on my dashboard. I keep watching. Uh, I keep watching the market every day, okay. and I will definitely let you know. Yeah, when I think it's when I think it's time to put in a cell. Hey, I'll on. tell you what. When they finally find a coach that's willing to come up there, we'll get you back on and get your analysis if you don't mind. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, they're off to a really good start. They really are. Uh, 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 Harris has gotten a lot of good reviews today with how he handled the Rivera firing, and then. The fact that they are moving as fast as they are. Uh, they're going to be thorough, I would say, sometime probably in the next three weeks. Yep. Um, we might have a name. I hear Ellis Johnson's looking for work. Yeah, well, oh, he's good God, no. Might be a great <laughs> please, dear, fit. please, dear God, no. Now, Steve Buck, now, Steve Buckley wants the job. That's an entirely oh, different story. You. That's my boy right you. there. Hey, Bob, thank you, buddy. <laughs> You bet. Anytime, guys. Bob Matthews, who has the unfortunate responsibility in life of covering the Washington Commodores. <laughs> did, did you hear his reaction when you said Ellis John? Oh, dear God, no. It can't get much worse. <laughs> so his name is known near and far. There we go. All right. Well, good riddance to Ron Rivera and the general manager, and take your stupid name with you. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Kelly, uh, you know who John Riggins was, famous all-pro running back for the Washington Redskins. My friend uh, Jody Lott sent this to me. A reporter asked John Riggins if the 1983 Redskin team, Super Bowl team, could beat the current commander's team. He thought for a second and says, yeah, but it'd probably be close, probably 21-17. The reporter asked, really, why so close? Riggins answered, because most of us are in our 70s now. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that are that are even still alive. 
<laughs> I, I would bet on them. I would bet on them against the Commodores. Uh, speaking of football and and things that are kind of bad, the Saints, the Saints sure ended uh, their season in a bad way yesterday. The last play of the game. Yeah, of course they needed to win and then get some help from Carolina to beat Tampa to get into the playoffs. But uh, of course the Saints can't control that. But they did take care of their own business. But the way that they scored the last touchdown uh, and Arthur Smith, who was fired today as coach of the Falcons. Anybody that can read lips could pretty much tell you what he thought about it. It and, was fun you, isn't that what he said? Yeah, fun you, isn't yeah, that what he said? There's something other? similar to that. But the Saints lined up, and the play call was just to line up in victory formation and take a knee. From the one-yard line. You know, that that's Dennis Allen called, you know, game's over, take a knee. Uh, but the story goes that Jameis Winston, who was in at quarterback, uh, and there was a rookie running back in the huddle that had – didn't have any touchdowns this year. And so Jameis thought, and again, this is not me saying this, it's by all indications that Jameis went over the coach's head, so to speak, and said, well, we're going to hand it off to this kid and let him score a touchdown. And that's exactly what he did. And Arthur, the game was already over. I mean, the Saints had it you know, well in hand. And so Arthur Smith made his – Field yeah. is known. Yes. And um, so today, a lot of reporters across the country are are saying that the Saints should let go of Jameis Winston. Cut him. You made a great point in my office this morning when we were talking about this, when you said, I believe it was you that said, well, if you're going to do that, then line up like you're going to run a play. And if the Falcons can stop you, great. If they can't, not. But what they did was pretty underhanded. It was It was deceptive. Yeah, I mean, because by all indication, and and look, I mean, strategic, that's what you do, is you take a knee, the game is over. Of course. Right? I remember uh, Joe Pasarczyk with the Giants years ago, remember they mm-hmm. they tried to run a play on the last play against the Eagles, they fumbled, and the Eagles ran it back 99 right. yards <laughs> right. to win the game. So there are some bad things that can happen when you do try right. to run the ball right. like right. that, but... Uh, yeah, not was, not a good not a good look from the Saints. No, Fair so so we'll see we'll see if and and when anything you know comes of that. Southern Miss wise, Bob, next Monday and Tuesday. Are you ready? Let me hear it. Southern Miss baseball begins practice. We have a winner. <laughs> yeah, they will return to camp. The students will return for the academic session on Wednesday next week, but uh, both baseball and softball getting ready to hit the field for practice. Uh, and the women begin the softball season one week earlier than the men begin baseball. So it'll be – now the women are going to open on the road this year and will open their home slate the same weekend that the men do, but that'll be mm-hmm. in mid-February. Meanwhile, the track team gets back ready for the spring season. They open this coming Friday at the Blazer Invitational in Birmingham and Wednesday on this program. Head coach John Stewart and some of the Southern Miss track and field stars are going to be – live in our studio here and we're gonna have a great interview tomorrow because jay ladner is going to join us to celebrate and he should celebrate the great performance by his team set really great effort by those guys but but as we mentioned with austin crowley this morning now but that bar goes way up now right all right i mean you beat an undefeated team that was nationally ranked so by all rights you ought to be able to run the table right right right. (laughs) now we're going to have an interview later this week too we've already recorded it with tegra is and he's of course the uh the big seven footer, and you said he was really an interesting, interesting guy. Yeah, native of uh, Canada, uh, and his favorite sport is hockey. Of course, if you were raised in Canada, why wouldn't it be mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But uh, Tegra is a 
bilingual. French is actually his primary language, but has mastered English so beautifully and you know, getting his degree in business administration, going to come back and get a master's. Good for him. And, uh, and get into the real estate business. Good so, for him. And lots of times, you know, not just basketball players, but lots of times we just think athletes are just mindless people that all they do is play not sports. All, no, all. man, these guys are, all these guys, sharp, sharp, sharp. Uh, we were watching the game Saturday, and my wife uh, reminded me, she said, I'm so glad I went to that banquet with you at the uh, convention center. She said, because I'd never been around those kids, and I just didn't have any idea how articulate and kind and polite they all were. And that, that's true of every member of that basketball team. Now, now Miss Angela, is your wife is how tall? She's Maybe. A, well, she says she's five feet. I'd say 4'11". Okay. And, four, five and she got her picture taken with the two seven-footers. And yes. when, kind of awkwardly, when she went to put her hands up like, like you normally like would. Like you normally do, she said she suddenly realized that she was about to put her hands on their butts. <laughs> so she pulled her arms back in. <laughs> Well, they're you know, a little bigger than she is. Yeah, they they get the weather. <laughs> How's the weather up there, right, guys? Yeah, exactly. They were very kind, though. We're very happy, really happy to see those kids win that game Saturday. Hey, I want to thank Fourth Street Bar and Grill for all they do on the Eagle Hour. It is a great place to go to lunch tomorrow. Also, want to thank D One and D Bat. Well, D Bat, D Bat is where you need to take your kids for baseball and softball training. Hope to have the. Uh, It'll be a very familiar name to Southern Miss baseball fans. We're going to get the manager of D-Bat on the show here real quickly. And hello to our good friends at Mo Baby Company. We thank you for all you do on Hardy Street. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock with basketball coach Jay Ladner. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.